Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers... Ben Steele in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellows and girls, I'll bet when you saw the newspaper headline saying, United States troops take over Algiers, you were just as thrilled and as proud as you could be. When you heard of the exploits of General Eisenhower's men, you wished you were old enough to join them and get on the scrap yourself. Well, those of us who are too young or too old to join the armed forces have almost as important a job to do. Our job is to help win this war by providing our armed forces with all the war materials they need. How can we do this? Simply by turning all our dimes and quarters and 50-cent pieces into war-saving stamps and bonds. You see, it's the money from the war-saving stamps you and I buy that finances this war that pays for guns and tanks and planes and ships needed to beat the Axis to save the American way of life. Let's look at the American war effort this way. Just imagine a huge funnel leading into a tremendous machine. Picture a broad rushing river of nickels, dimes, and quarters pouring through this funnel into the puffing, grinding mechanism. Then visualize a steady stream of ships and planes, cannons and rifles, bullets and shells coming out of the other end. Now, doesn't that make buying war-saving stamps exciting? I'm sure it does. So let's pledge right now to drop our dimes into the American war machine funnel regularly. And let's make up our minds for the duration to do without a few of the things we would normally want so that the money we would spend for those things can be put into war-saving stamps and bonds. And the materials of which those things would be made can be used for the manufacturing of fighting equipment. Begin now to tell your mother and dad and other members of your family that you would prefer to have them give you war-saving stamps and bonds for Christmas. Tell them you would rather do without the toys and things you would usually want so that America can win the war sooner. And don't forget, every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp, because a stamp a day will pave the way to victory. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman in the guise of Clark Kent, editor Perry White of the Daily Planet, Lois Lane, girl reporter, and Jimmy Olsen, copy boy, are now visiting Sebastian Beauvais at his hunting lodge in the Hudson Bay region of northern Canada. Niles Graham, actually the sinister character known as the Laugher, who has tried desperately to keep Perry White from ever reaching the hunting lodge, is also a guest there. It was long after dark, and White, Kent, Jimmy, and Beauvais were gathered around a huge log fire in the main room of the lodge. A cold wind blew outside and the frosty moon lit up the snow-covered landscape. Suddenly, a wolf howled, and Sebastian Beauvais said it was the howl of Wendiga, a werewolf, 
whose eerie call foretold the appearance of a headless Indian, and he who saw the headless Indian three times would surely die. As our last episode ended, the wolf had howled for the third time. You say that he who sees the headless Indian three times will die? Oui, oui. That he saw. And you've already seen him twice? Oui, twice. Well, then, just don't look at the headless Indian for a third time. Sure, that's the answer to it. No, no. He do not understand, my friends. I cannot tell myself. When the cry of the Indian is heard, I shall be forced to go to the window. Something pulled me. It is like when... When the snake charmed the bird. Well, you're not going to be charmed this time. I'll see to that. Great Caesar's ghost. What's that horrible wail? That is the cry of the headless Indian. I must go to the window. Grab him, Chief. I've got him. No, 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 Perry. Do not try to stop me. Soon the headless Indian ride across the ridge. I must see him. I must. Come to the window, Jim. Are you there? Uh, any headless Indian is going to ride across the ridge. I want to see him. Yes, Perry, let me go. Let me go. Take it easy, Sebastian. You're let me go. Let me go. Ted, I can't handle this maniac alone. Golly, look. Coming across the ridge. The headless Indian. A headless Indian riding a great white horse. He, he's sort of on fire. See how he glows in the dark? I must see him. I must get to the window. I must. Ted, he got away. Leaping mackerel. You not will they out cold, Mr. Kent. Gosh, you pack a wallop like, oh, like Superman. Oh, Superman ever retires, I'll take his place, Jim. Stay here with Sebastian, Mr. White. I'm going after that headless Indian. Don't be a fool, Kent. You can't go out there alone. I'll go with you. I said stay here. I've never taken orders from you, Kent, and I'm not starting now. I saw a rifle around here a moment ago. Where is it? Uh, there it is, Mr. White. Yeah. Of course. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Not a joke. All right, then. Come on, I'm ready. Mr. White, will you please stay here? I won't be able to do anything if... I well, said I mean... I'm going along with you, and that's final. All right, all right. Jim, take care of Sebastian when he comes to... Okay, you? Mr. King. Now, come on, Ken. Stop dawdling. We should be able to follow the tracks of that horse in the snow if we hurry. Our coats are in the front hall. Good heavens. Certainly is dark here. Can you find the coats, Ken? Wait a minute, Mr. White. Someone's standing near the door. Someone with a rifle. What? Are you crazy? How can you see anything in this pitch black? <laughs> Mr. Kent is quite right. Someone is standing near the door. I am. What? Who is it? It's Mr. Graham. What on earth are you doing out here in the dark, Graham? Kent, strike a light, will you? Uh, just a minute. Yeah. Yeah. That's better. Well, you are carrying a rifle, Graham. What for? I might ask you the same question, Mr. White. As a matter of fact, I was cleaning it in my room and decided to come in and show it to you. Rather good-looking, don't you think? No gun is good-looking. And anyway, right now, Kent and I have something to do. Really? Yes, we've just uh, seen something that I never would have believed possible. The headless Indian. <laughs> the headless Indian. Why, he's nothing more than an old Northwood legend, Mr. White. Well, he's a lot more than a legend right now. He's made a raving maniac out of Bouvet. I don't know what kind of hocus-pocus is going on around here, but I'll get to the bottom of it if it's the last thing I do. One must never make rash promises. Chief, are you coming or not? We're wasting precious time. Right with you. Lead the way. Lead the way. Uh, see you later, Graham. <laughs> yes, you'll see me later, Mr. White. And much sooner than you expect. <laughs> this rifle. Beautiful weapon. Beautiful. <laughs> So Perry White and Clark Kent are going to follow the headless Indian, eh? 
Well, I must follow Perry White and try Ken. <laughs> the hunt is on. <laughs> Out into the windswept night goes the laugher, following the tracks of Kent and Perry White, the gleaming rifle swinging from his fat, bejeweled hand. Meanwhile, totally unaware that they're being trailed, Kent and White have found the tracks of a headless Indian's horse on the ridge and followed them into the snow-covered woods. Well, you know, Kent, I... I can't understand why Sebastian never followed these tracks before. He could do it a lot easier than we can. He's a skilled woodsman. Probably afraid. Sebastian is superstitious, and the mere thought of a ghost like the headless Indian... Ah, the headless Indian is no ghost. The proof's right there in front of us. Proof? Where? Well, see that low-hanging branch of that tree where I'm pointing the flashlight? You see where the snow was knocked off? Yes, you're right. Yeah. The Indian hit that with his shoulder as he galloped through here. He didn't gallop. He slowed down to a walk after he got over that ridge and out of sight. What? You can tell by the hoofprints of the horse in the snow. A galloping horse throws back earth or snow from under his hoofs. These prints are clean and sharp. Hey, Chief, you're not a bad woodsman yourself. Oh, forgotten most of what I used to know. Nonetheless, you're right. Well, at least that wind didn't bite so. We may have a long trail to follow. Yes, you're right, Chief. Why don't you go on back to the lodge? Uh, not on your life. I want to get my hands on whoever's masquerading as a headless Indian. I don't mind the wind as much as you do. I could go on alone. And probably lose the trail. I'm the woodsman in this outfit, Kent. Oh, Excuse me, Daniel Boone. Now, don't be so clever, Kent. One of these days, you'll outsmart even yourself. I'm sorry, Chief. Just having a little fun. Yeah. Wait a minute. What is it? Hmm. Nothing, I guess. Happened to turn around, wanted to be sure of our bearings so we can get back to the lodge without any trouble. Yes? And I thought I saw something ducked behind a tree. Just the effect of the moonlight shadows on the snow, I guess. Hey, Mr. White, how do you figure all this? Figure all what? Sebastian's headless Indian, that werewolf. Any inkling as to the reason for it all? No, no, none at all. Unless it's to scare Sebastian away from these parts. Or why, I don't know. I did notice some strange things at the lodge this afternoon, though. You know, there are some other guests beside our party. I don't know much about sportsmen, but it did seem to me that most of them look, well, pretty tough. And that face has changed for the worse, and that's not like Sebastian. What do you mean? And Sebastian was always very careful about his guests. He didn't think you were up to his standards. He wouldn't have you here. I see. Well... Wait. Hey. Something's happening to this trail. Yeah. Yes, the hoof prints are becoming lighter, not not quite so deep in the snow. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Those prints will go right down through the snow to the earth. But they're getting lighter and lighter as we go along. Honey, I can't understand it. Can't? Something strange is going on here. Yeah. Something strange is going on here. Yeah, not too many trees through here. Yeah. The trail's growing fainter. Looks as if it'll land. Look out, Mr. Wilson! I got you. Yeah. You're all right. I can't. It's, it's a precipice. So deep I can't see the bottom. Yes, and you almost went right over yeah, it. Yeah, right. Well, it's a good thing I was right behind you there and grabbed you. Yeah, well, I... Hello. Wait, I... Till I get my breath back in a minute. Yeah, you're all right. Phew. That was close. Now, Kent, what does this all mean? Those hoof prints ended right here on the edge of this canyon. That horse either leaped off or... No, no, I don't believe in flying horses. He could never have jumped to the other side. I can just see it from here. Must be 50 yards wide. Those hoof prints in the snow growing lighter. Look here, there, right on the edge of the precipice. His hoofs were barely touching the snow. 
barely touching the snow, Kent. You realize what that means? Well, if I see the picture rightly, the horse took off and flew up into the sky. Exactly. No, no, it isn't possible. Horses can't fly any more than Indians can ride without heads. Come on, Chief. Let's look around and see what we can find in the way of clues. Wait. Should we make our way down into the canyon and see if the horse and rider are at the bottom of it? What? Might have been an accident, you know. Well, that doesn't explain the hoof prints. The light impression in the snow as if the horse were taking off. No, no, that's true. But I can't believe that the horse actually started wings and took off. Look out, Perry, White, and Clark Kent. For as you stand on the edge of that canyon, outlined perfectly in the frosty moonlight, back in the darkened woods, at a spot where he can command an excellent view of you both, stands the laugher. He chuckles softly to himself as he examines the rifle in his hand, making sure there is a bullet in the chamber. Slowly, carefully, he raises the rifle to his shoulder and takes careful aim. There's only one thing to be done, Kent. We've got to go back and wait until tomorrow morning. I doubt if we'll find anything. I don't believe that horse sprouted wings and flew, but... Neither do I believe that he jumped off the edge of this precipice. Well, we'll tell better in the morning. Look, Mr. White! Chief! Look, look out for yourself, Kent. I've been shot. With a warning cry to Kent, Perry White drops to his knees in the snow, struck by a steel-jacketed bullet from the laugher's rifle. Is this the end of the trail for Perry White? Don't miss tomorrow's thrill-packed episode, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Yes, fellows and girls, don't fail to tune in to this station at the same time tomorrow for another thrilling episode in The Adventures of Superman. And don't forget what I told you at the beginning of this program about the American war machine. Keep on buying war-saving stamps every day if possible so that your nickels and dimes and quarters will continue to pour into the funnel and come out in the form of guns and tanks, planes and ships. Uncle Sam's soldiers, sailors, and Marines need these war materials to win the war and to knock out the Nazis and the Japs. The American armed forces are doing their job and doing it well. Let's do our part just as well. Remember that every stamp you buy helps to keep the boys on our fighting fronts well supplied. So every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. A stamp a day will pave the way for victory. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual. <laughs>